1: is on the daily sports talk show. Nuwana is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
2: ESPN Radio Missoula, the ESPN-MT app, as well as SWX Montana. Welcome in. Duan is now here on a Friday. Jeff Safford rolling here with Rajim Seabrook in studio with us. As he a lot of times visits with us here on a Monday, or excuse me, a Friday.
1: A Please don't let it be Monday. Don't let it be Monday over again. You can't You can't say that, man. No. That scares me.
2: We'll just okay. reset. Repause. Okay, Friday. Here we go. Monday. Friday rolling along here. We have also Andrew Houghton behind the glass. You'll be hearing from him plenty throughout this edition here of Nuanas Now. Coming to you from the Missoula Broadcasting Company right here in Zootown, Missoula, Montana. Big weekend here in Missoula. Thinking about Big Sky Conference basketball on Saturday. We'll get to some Big Sky hoops from last night. Some, Some surprising results. Some not so much, but whether Whatever outfit you're looking at across the Treasure State, a good night for Montana College basketball, thinking about the Cats and Grizz. All four teams picking up wins will go over in segment number one some of the broad storylines from the action. In our number two, Andrew Houghton will have a lot more in-depth looks at the Bobcats and Grizzlies on both the men's and women's side of things. We'll have Sound from Dahlberg Arena, Montana, getting a come from behind victory last night over the University of Idaho on the men's side. The Lady Grizz getting their first win over Idaho on the road since 2015. So a big win there for Brian Holsinger's club as they improve to seven and two in Big Sky Conference play. Segment number two with Rajim Seabrook in here. We'll talk some New York Knicks. Get his thoughts on Jalen Brunson in the NBA the lack of success for the Boston Celtics, LeBron James' trade rumors, interesting. We'll take a look at some storylines along the NFL, talk Lions, Lamar Jackson, and trying to bounce back from their tough loss in the Super Bowl and what he has looking for us for the Super Bowl and, if you'll put any energy, into looking at the Pro Bowl. And maybe take a look at what's going to be happening in free agency as well, Head coach moving and shakings and more in segment number two. Then segment number three, we've been getting you ready for Montana Grizzly hockey throughout this run here in this week. Getting you ready for the big weekend that awaits for both the Montana Grizzlies and Bobcats. We'll get things started tonight from the Glacier Ice Rink, 730 puck drop, Bobcats and Grizzlies. We'll hear from People on both sides, players on both sides of the divide. We've already heard from Mike Anderson, Dave Weaver, the two head coaches of the Bobcats and Grizzlies. Now we'll hear from some players from the Cats and Grizz to wrap up hour number one. Then in hour number two, we'll be rocking away myself, Andrew Houghton, and Carolyn, the chick that doesn't know sports talking a number of different topics, sports betting being one. I'm sure Colter would maybe would like to jump into a topic on sports betting, but that's right, we even got sports betting in with Carolyn in our number two. Then segment five, Andrew Houghton will take you home with bits from Dahlberg Arena and give you an in-depth look at Montana's win over Idaho and get you ready for that huge matchup. Between Montana and Eastern Washington, the Eagles stubbed their toe on the other side of the divide last night, seeing a nine-game winning streak come to an end. A big win for the Montana State Bobcats. They improve. In the conference, six and three now are Montana State. Teased some high school and Big Sky hoops in segment number one, but we'll start things off on a bit of a somber note. Rest in peace to Carl Weathers, a actor that really has played a wide range of different roles in the sports world, specifically playing Apollo Creed, the ultimate heel, as Rajim Seabrook put it off air, one of the better villains in his eyes in sports movie history, and then much more, I guess you could say, comedic role in Happy Gilmore as Chubbs. That's one of my favorite sports movies, Bob Barker, I mean, the whole thing is just great. But where I have a personal connection to Carl Weathers, in Rocky IV, that was when Apollo Creed fights Victor Drago, and things didn't go so well for Apollo Creed there, but the man that quote-unquote called that match in the movie was none other than Barry Tompkins, a Hall of Fame broadcaster called Mike Tyson fights and was involved in boxing also a very well-known college football broadcaster at a very big moment calling games involving USC in the early 2000s. But Barry Tompkins was a a guy, and Barry Tompkins was my professor in college at Dominican University of California. So a little tie-in there, rest in peace to Carl Weathers. Rajim, what, do you, what was your take on learning the news, and you touched on his ability to be so diverse in his different roles?
1: Well, first of all, good afternoon, and happy Friday for, uh, to everyone. Happy first Friday of the month, by the way. A 12th of the year is already over. Isn't that weird, like when you think about it, like January being gone one-twelfth of the year is already over and we're already in February and it's still like almost 50 degrees which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But I digress as I usually do. Carl Weathers to me, uh, his passing actually makes me feel really old because I remember being a young man watching him, you know, like be my age and in his prime now and now I'm in his age and he's an older man and watching him uh, pass on is is just kind of sad because Um, I don't care who you are, sports fan or not, Apollo Creed was one of the best villains ever um, in a sports movie and possibly in movies, period. Um, Imposing, beautiful, body-wise, graceful, um, almost like the evil doppelganger twin to Muhammad Ali. Like, if Muhammad Ali was not a cool dude, he was Apollo Creed. Um, And then loved him in movies uh, like Predator and then, you know, in Star Wars movies. But uh, often what is forgotten is that... um, Carl Weathers was an athlete. Like he was a baller back in his day. He uh went to Long Beach, what was then back then Long Beach College and then transferred to San Diego State and then played a year for the Oakland Raiders and then two seasons for the BC Lions and then um you know then went on to acting, producing and then directing. So like he's he actually has a a you know no 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 pun on what we do around here. He actually his playbook is is pretty thick uh when you think about it from from college to the pros to acting and then his evolution within um, both respective fields. So um, rest in peace, Mr. Weathers. Um, thank you for gracing us in so many different ways, and, and may uh, your family find peace with your passing.
2: Well said there from Rajim Seabrook, rolling with us here on Nuwana's now. And he's as he said, on a Friday, it's a FloCo Friday. If you're watching us here on SWX or on the ESPN MT app, you can see we've got our FloCo coffee rocking and rolling. It was a dealer's choice from Michaela, and she gave me a little London Fog. Not something I'd typically go with, but it's got a little sweetness, not too much. Thumbs up from Safford on the London Fog. I'm a West Coast guy. Typically, matcha is my thing. I can hear and feel the eye roll, thinking about, oh, it's another West Coast guy with his matcha. But, hey, that's what I enjoy. We alluded to looking at Big Sky Conference basketball. Montana, another come-from-behind victory, holding off Idaho 73 to 70. Balanced scoring effort, looking Mm -hmm. at Deshaun Thomas, Brandon Whitney, both scoring 14 points for Montana. They moved to 7-2, and and now they have Eastern Washington coming to town. Andrew Houghton will have a lot more on that matchup. The Eagles saw a winning streak go to the wayside, a rough shooting night, 2-for-18. I saw for the Eagles being outscored in Bozeman. On the women's side of things, Montana, led by Carmen G. Fellers, 24 points, get by Idaho, 79-68, 79-68, but maybe more impressively on the road. Montana State getting by Eastern Washington, 62-61, taking out the top team in the conference. Lady Grizz now at 7-2, just a half game off the pace with Northern Arizona Leading the conference also was their first win against Idaho, as I mentioned, on the road since 2015. And they've got that monster matchup against the Eagles, looking now to bounce back after the loss on Thursday. Maybe maybe looking ahead to the Lady Grizz, they have another big game coming on Saturday. So both the men and women have huge games coming up against Eastern Washington. One coming on the road and one coming at home. On the men's side of things, for Montana State... They also were able to be on the winning side, as I alluded to, against Eastern Washington, 70-60, led by Robert Ford III's 21 points, 13 of which came after halftime. Other scores on the men's side, Northern Colorado getting by Idaho State, 91-86, and Weber State getting a bit of a bounce-back win after some tough times there in that program. 72-70 wins over Northern Arizona. NAU able to get by. Weber State on the women's side, 85-65. Idaho State over Northern Colorado, 76-56. Some high school hoops highlights from last night. Start things off. Heard from the head coach of the Big Sky Girls last night here on Nuanas Now previewing their crosstown matchup. And man, do the Eagles keep it rolling. A 53-31 win over Missoula Sentinel. Mm. They're now four and zero in games played against Hellgate and Missoula Sentinel. They're eight and zero in the league and eleven and one overall. Man, this has been a magical run. For the big Sky girls
1: yeah the uh, the pendulum for, for girls basketball in the in, in the city has swung over to that side of town uh, for for years uh, Karen Deedon and company were were the factory known as Karen Deedon, and what they did over there was amazing then you know a couple of years over at Hellgate the, you know more recently and now this year in particular uh, the, you know decoit and 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 they're just killing it over there and they're doing it with athleticism and hustle. That's what you like when you watch their game. There's they don't take a playoff, there, there, there's no time off. Everything has a high sense of urgency, uh, coupled with a high level of athleticism. And it's uh, it's really fun to watch and good for the success of that program and a turnaround because it's been a long time coming. And another big highlight from
2: girls' basketball last night coming from the class C ranks a Bobcat commit, Taylor Sherrick from mm. Roberts High School had a career best. 56 points in an 86 55 win over Plenty Coup.
1: 56 points. Whoa, baby. That's a lot, man. The only thing i did put down in 56 is like wings. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, that's that's just an accomplishment. I don't care class C, B, A, AA, Way to go, way to, way to score, and um, if you watch the highlights of parts of that game, it's not only the amount of points that were scored, it was how they were scored. Inside, outside, long-range, post-up, mid-range, foul line, inbound, like just very, very interesting, well-balanced game um, put on by this young person. I suggest watching a, a couple of, the, f- of uh, the features if you can, and if you will. Um, you'd be pretty impressed.
2: Mentioned Big Sky getting the win over Missoula Sentinel. There were a couple other games in Class AA girls basketball last night. Number five, Helena, getting by Helena Capital, 47-34. Also saw Kalispell Flathead get by Kalispell Glacier by final of 54-48. to On the boys' side of things, Missoula Loyola has also been a big story here recently. And they also just kept it rolling now 14-0. and after a drubbing win over Anaconda, seventy-three to twenty-eight.
1: Yeah, those boys are just. Crazy. I saw some of them today. I was at an event, and a couple of them uh, were there, and it was good to see them. That is just a an amazing juggernaut right now. Um, another team, uh, much giving like what I just said about uh, the, the 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 fifty-six point effort. Talk about a team that can do it in all phases. They do it defensively. They do it offensively. There's great individual play. There's better team play. Um, it's just it's a, it's almost like they're putting on a clinic out there. And when you're averaging you know 60, 70 points, again, there there are colleges out here who aren't averaging the points that Loyola's averaging. And what a, a testament to hard work, determination, and just uh, a lot of amazing talents, all just. Um, meshing at the right time so yeah the Loyola Rams are just running up and down on people and it's nice to have something local uh, to talk about on basketball outside of the big schools it's nice to see the Class b ranks uh holding tight
2: moving on to some local action from the class a ranks looking at action last night a couple of ranked teams going after it number four Frenchtown and number one Butte Central in Class a it was Frenchtown falling 63 to 57. In Class A basketball, number four falling to number one—not necessarily a huge shock there. Other class notes from boys basketball: Class AA ranks Helena good performance on both sides, crosstown boys and girls. Helena thanks to Tevin Wetzel, sixteen points, pick up a win, fifty-two to forty-six over Capital. Great Falls C.M.R. over Billings Senior, sixty-seven to fifty-three. Kalispell Glacier also getting by Flathead. 57-50. to Other scores around Class A boys basketball. Laurel over East Helena, 49-33. Wild game between Browning and Big Fork. Double overtime. Browning getting the win, 85-81. Whitefish also getting a victory over Ronan, 71-56. Looking at high school basketball. We'll keep you updated with high school hoops especially looking at the Class AA ranks of things on both the boys' and girls' sides as we get you more locked in for high school hoops, getting you closer to that state tournament that will be coming to Missoula come March. And it's been something that hasn't been here since the early 2000s, so we've been really trying to highlight these folks across this treasure state. And with all the local talents. Going to Division One Hoops, Rajim, it just seems like it's been a special year for high school basketball in Montana in general.
1: Yeah, uh, I love the fact that it's going to be here. And I'm looking forward to being part of the rotation and coverage of of, of the tournament this year uh, with everyone over here at the ESPN crew. Uh, basketball is, just has a different tenor this year across the state. Um, programs across the, uh, have gotten better Um old blue bloods that have used to being there are back in prominence and in dominance. And just uh Coulter and I did a show about a week or two ago uh, in which we talked about the 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 uptick and the resurgence of just the power beauty and and, and exposure of girls and women's basketball in particular. So Montana is primed for something I, I, I think great to come in the world of basketball, uh, and, and our youngins are wanting it, and, they, and they're bleeding it, and you can just see it uh, in the young ranks. I, I cover a lot of, like, uh, as an official, like, AAU travel ball, and these kids are just thirsty, which then translates to good middle school and high school basketball. So uh, Montana, good on you for supporting these kids and the area just promoting I don't know, man, just good hoops in Montana starting to generate, percolate, and circulate good players um, coming in and out of high school and on to the next level. Got you a broad look
2: at hoops across the Treasure states in high school and college ranks. Andrew Houghton will have more on the Montana Grizzlies and the Big Sky Conference in hour number two. Moving on, in hour number one, after this break, we'll be talking some NBA, some NFL, talking about Rajim's... Success of the New York Knicks, the lack thereof of the Boston Celtics, more around the NBA, get ready for the Super Bowl, a couple thoughts on free agency and more. Keeping you rolling here in hour number two. Nuanez now here on Western Montana's Sports Leader, Flowco Friday. Don't go anywhere on ESPN Radio.
0: and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com.
1: One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio
2: bay area for you here on a friday welcome in Nuanas now espn radio missoula that's going to be the theme for our playlist throughout this show here on a friday bringing some hip-hop from my neck of the woods the bay area that was a little andre nicotina i know Culture nuanez has had a few tracks from andre nicotina surprisingly a few guys even a little bit more in the indie world of bay area hip-hop coming up for you here on a friday Rajim Seabrook cruising along with us here in segment number two. Andrew Houghton behind the glass as well. We'll be hearing plenty from him, surely, here on ESPN Radio. We'll get things rolling here. had some Big Sky Conference basketball talk as well as looking at some high school hoops headlines in segment number one. We'll hear plenty more about college basketball in segment number five. Get some sound from Travis DeCure, others with the Montana men's basketball team rocking along here on a FloCo Friday as well. Florence Coffee Company also can text to win right now your chance to get a $10 gift certificate to Florence Coffee Company. Just opened up a couple locations. Open late, one of which being on North Reserve. Open till 8 o'clock so, for your chance to win a $10 FloCo gift card, text us right now, 406-888-1029, 406-888-1029. Text FloCo for your chance to get a $10 Florence Coffee Company gift card. Rajim, how's your FloCo
1: treating you on your Friday? It's gone. It's gone. Dude, I pound. You know who you're talking to, son. I pound, I pound, <laughs> I pound coffee like people breathe. Bada bing, bada boom. Hey, man, I'm from the East Coast. You know I like that. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. It's gone, man. On top of one of, you know, I, I snuck one of Coulter's, because I, I didn't know we were getting coffee today. Thank you, Floco. Thank you, Michaela. So I had a little bit of, a, you know, Coulter's secret stash <laughs> of uh, that <laughs> cherry drink back there. And I'm, uh, I am can feel my eyelids clicking. It's great. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's Friday. Let's roll.
2: All right. Well, we'll keep it rolling here in segment number two. Start things off something close to home. Regime kind of alluded to it, him being an East Coast guy, he's touched on many times that he is a big New York Knicks fan. Mm-hmm. So we'll get things rolling here with some NBA talk. Talking on those Knickerbockers. They moved to 15-2 and two in this calendar year after their ninth straight win last night. A come-from-behind win over the Indiana Pacers, a team that, going back to the 1990s, surely two franchises that Still have some bad blood, I'm sure. And Jalen Brunson was the big story from that game, with the 40-plus point performance. And so much has been made with him. Is I guess you could say lack there of, or looking at his status with the All Star game, everything else. Finally, was chosen to the All Star game. Had a very emotional post game after the game. The fans serenading him there in New York with MVP chants. What was your reaction to all that?
1: You know, I'm gonna, and, and I, I'm gonna say this to you, Jeff. But I also want the people listening. I'm gonna remove my East Coast love um, for the for the, for the Knicks and this team. Um, what I loved about the moment, especially in this day of, in sports in particular, entertainment in particular, of pride and ego, it was so nice to see a person be in the moment. It was so nice to see a young man be in his feelings. And to be so overwhelmed and humbled and wasn't braggadocious and wasn't peacocking or chest bumping. And it was about this and about that. And it was, there was a, there was a really human moment in a game that's just, that's about physicality and emotions and adjustments. And it was just nice to see a person be a person and it wasn't about the athlete and it was about his teammates who he was able to just wax poetic on and anything about him was totally deflected or not spoken to at all and just to see the humbled grace of this young man who is being serenaded and is bringing has put new york I, I think on his shoulders this season and parts of last, and is actually bringing a resurgence to that that to that part of the world for basketball on that level was just a great moment. And then being voted an All Star, the MVP chance on top of that, and for him just to remain beautifully humble and a really really. Amazing moment. It was just a great time to to see that, and I also know I'm getting older. When I'm like, what a what a great young man. He, I, I hope my son one day aspires to be something like that. Also, that it was it was that a, a transitional moment too to kind of see like that's that's what a that's what I I would love to see more uh, embody more of that of that style of just like it's about the team, the community, and the and and the organization. And that was kind of cool to see him do that. And thinking about the the U, the New York
2: Knicks in a broad viewpoint also, they in a lot of ways have been mocked for a lot of the moves that they have made in terms of the front office and everything else. But where we've seen a big uptick with this Knicks team was after a trade they've made with the Toronto Raptors. So it was interesting to see kind of this narrative get flipped on its head a little bit. A move made by the Knicks front office has clearly proven to be something that's been a positive for them.
1: Yeah, let's just, uh, let's be honest. There was the curse of Patrick Ewing that loomed over this organization for years. And then Isaiah Thomas did not do this organization any favors uh, managerial or or personnel-wise. There was a lot of overpaid contracts, a lot of guys that got almost baseball contracts in the realm of the NBA of getting paid for what you did, not necessarily what you can do. Even uh,
2: Carmelo Anthony, I would think, was in that category to a
1: degree. There, there were several guys just there in their heyday, and their late, you know, still contributors, Still good players, but just not where they would have been efficient. And um, there's been there's been a drought, you know. And 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 what many consider the quote unquote mecca of basketball uh, there in Madison Square Garden. So it, it is good to see athletes come there. People want to play there again. Good managerial moves, good coaching moves, uh, good front office moves, and it's starting to pay off. And smart trades, um, and not not mega trades, like moving the right pieces and and procuring pieces that are complimentary and not so much splash to a piece to the media. Splash to a piece to endorsers. It was splash, let's a piece to the guys who are actually running up and down this court and putting our guys in better position to be successful, and that is materializing and coming into fruition for them. And that must
2: be something that's hard to balance when you're looking at a team like the New York Knicks, playing there on Broadway. You need to be a team that is a spectacle, so to speak. So you need guys that are big names that are going to draw seemingly the bright lights. But you're right. You can't just put, you can't just bring in a player like DeAndre Jordan, let's just say, who's a big name, and pay him a bunch of money and expect that he'll just automatically fit into what you're doing.
1: No, it makes more sense in this day and age. If you're going to spend money, spend money on something that's going to work, not spend on something that necessarily looks good. And I think that sports, uh, in, you know, and that there's an ebb and flow with that with sports, right? Like it's, uh, it's fashion versus function and sometimes function versus fashion. And the Knicks are definitely right now functioning over fashion, but it's looking pretty because it's functioning well.
2: And surely one of their other, fittingly, East Coast rivals also were in action last night and were making headlines for a distinctly different reason. Thinking about the Boston Celtics, they were taking on their rival from the West Coast last night, the Los Angeles Lakers. And going into last night, I was thinking, oh, this probably will be a pretty solid game. Boston Garden, anytime LeBron James shows up there, that's... Pretty good television to watch, but both LeBron James and Anthony Davis were out last night for the Lakers, but that didn't seem to affect them at all. From the jump of that game, remember leaving the studio, talking with Andrew Houghton off air here here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, and around the first quarter, end of the first quarter, L.A. was leading by double digits, and they would continue to do so throughout the course of that one, winning by... 15-plus points against Boston last night. Austin Reeves was the go-to guy for the shorthanded Lakers with a 30-plus point performance. But this just seems to be the thing with the Boston Celtics. When they're rolling, they are rolling. They have had such a large amount of wins by big margins. But you've also seen these ugly games against certain teams. This one against L.A., a game... Earlier to start 2024 on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks also comes to mind. This just drubbing on the road. How can the Boston Celtics shake these habits? Because surely, if they're not thought of as the top team in the East, they are one of the top teams rolling in the Eastern Conference. And that quote-unquote championship window isn't going to be open forever if you're Boston.
1: Boston is in a precarious position right now. I don't know what is... I liken Boston to the Philadelphia Eagles. You have the players, you have the personnel, but something internally is affecting the external. Like, when I'm watching Boston, it's fragmented. Like, they're not playing team ball, but they're not... And it's not like a a selfish thing. They're just not gelling, and I just don't understand because that's a talented squad. Oh, no doubt. That's a talented squad but they're not they're just they're not maximizing upon what they have there. Maybe it's, you know, the I I don't I don't know, Jeff. It's just it's it's really weird to observe, but as a Knicks fan, it's really cool <laughs> to watch, but it is interesting to see how teams are just not uh uh, uh maximizing uh maximizing upon the 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 what they have in house and just kind of looking janky at times. And like you said, it's feast or famine, right? They're either Doing well, or they're getting blown out. There's not a lot of middle ground right now. And when you have a team that kind of has a pendulum swing like that, that's, you know, from pillar to post, so to say, that, that that's an internal thing. That means that something's just, something's just not right with the machine inside. Time to clean out some of the gunk.
2: The two names that are most prominent with the Boston Celtics, of course, the two-guard duo of Jalen Brown and... Out of Duke University, my goodness. Stame is evading me for a moment. Jason I'm going to give you that- Jason Tatum, there we go. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You stole Tatum. my thunder. My goodness. I was, I was gonna so give you th-
1: about what was happening there for I know, a second. I was it gonna took g- me a minute to get to the mic. Well, you know, it was like, you know, when when celebrities, like, kind of freeze out real quick because they got to hit the reset button. Jeff was having that moment. I was going to give him three more seconds. He had three more seconds on the shot clock. He had it on the way, too, because he had the Duke University. I was like, he's gay. He's gay. I, I know. Don't throw. Let, let a brother swim.
2: Well, I was swimming in the deep end, and then I wasn't here on ESPN Radio, rocking away with (laughs) Rajim Seabrook and Andrew Houghton. What I was getting to, thinking about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, to me, it's always been, are they getting along? Do one of the two of them need to go? And it just seems like maybe one of the two of them needs to go.
1: Yes and yes and yes again and Andrew that was fun like playing ping pong with Andrew with Jeff in the middle and you know it was it was like Uncle and Dad right there, um, but yes I I agree maybe too much of the same thing, and one needs to go in order in order to flourish and I think it's time to just maybe maybe get a new bassist in the band if you will,
2: rocking away with Rajim Seabrook moving on here with some more NBA talk our number one one is now ESPN Radio. Now, I felt this was an interesting one. You talk about coming of age, so to speak, and yes, I still got a little ways to go in my early 30s before I really start feeling the age bug, so to speak, but this one made me raise my eyebrows. Just thinking about this being a headline at all, that we were in a spot yesterday where, yes, it was always thought of as kind of rumors and clickbait, however you want to play it, but just that we're seeing a trade rumor in any facet around LeBron James is something that made me go, whoa, that, I mean, the vast bulk of my life, LeBron James, you would never, almost ever consider trading a player like that, and we're not going to get into the debate of, is he the greatest of all time, but he is surely one of the greatest basketball players in the history of the game. But it's clear in year 20 plus that LeBron's career is kind of coming down to the end here. You can see the sunset coming down, so to speak. Is it kind of wild to think that this is where we're at with LeBron James? And Andrew Houghton and I talked about this at length earlier this week about a lot of these new teams coming to the forefront of NBA basketball, thinking about Minnesota, OKC, amongst others. Does this kind of trade rumor in your eyes kind of, in a way, resemble the kind of changing of the guard of the, of the NBA? We're seeing some of these teams like Golden State Warriors, LeBron James and the Lakers kind of fall off and some of these teams with young talent like Oklahoma City here they come to the forefront.
1: Mhm. Well, it, it it does happen um and the you know the late fall winter years of professional athletes careers uh, it's it happened to Joe Montana. Right? Sure. It happened to Michael Jordan. It happened to Wayne Gretzky. And there comes a point where Regardless of the greatness, past tense that uh, you, you know, LeBron James is still doing his thing. Don't get me wrong; he's still he's still highly productive. Um, is he the player he was? No, but that's you know, Father Time has no equal. But it's. You got to get value for his name and for his likeness so to say right now while you can if you are going to think about a trade uh but you know the 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 other part of that is he may want he may want to trade himself like he may want to go somewhere else and just and maybe right off into the sunset it's kind of sad to to see but welcome to the business and the nature of 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 sports entertainment so um sad but hey par for the course
2: and some other folks may be feeling some sadness in the sports world moving now to the NFL for a few minutes here on Nuanas Now. Surely the fan bases in both Baltimore and Detroit after a couple of tough losses in the championship games as the 49ers and Chiefs move on to the Super Bowl. In terms of getting over a tough loss, sometimes that's such a tough thing to pass off, so to speak, is... It's tough to get over that hangover after such a tough loss. Which franchise do you think will have a tougher time getting over the tough loss that it was, looking at Baltimore or Detroit? I think that the Lions will. I know Coulter Nuñez felt a little bit differently thinking about Baltimore, everything that went down there. But the one thing that I thought about the two games was that Baltimore seemingly never had any hope against Kansas City. They trailed throughout in that game. Things were going ugly throughout, where the Lions led by 17 points. They went to the locker room at halftime. Their whole fan base was fired up, thinking, wow, we have a legitimate shot to go to the Super Bowl until it all fell apart, seemingly, in a blink of an eye, in what I would think would be the worst part, in seemingly, quote-unquote, typical Lions fashion, seeing it all just immediately just flush down the toilet. Oh, here we go again. It's just the lowly Lions once more.
1: What say you? Uh, I do I, I. I respectfully disagree with your. Uh, actually, it's not a disagree. We're not in debate. My, in my opinion, I think, uh, the, the team that has the lar- larger, longer layover hangover is actually Baltimore because of the expectations put on them. For years, there haven't been expectations put on the Lions. They haven't been there. Uh, you don't know what you don't know. And I think part of the Lions being so young and somewhat brash in how they play and they're, and they're literally starting to kind of percolate, uh, and, 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 and generate some energy. Um, they're so young; they don't know any better. So, like, it's like we got there. Let's get there again, guys. Whereas the expectation was like, "Hey, Lamar, this was this was your year. This was it." They're talking about league MVP. They're talking about you sh- you're- with this defense. You should have got over the hump. But Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo and Patrick Mahomes and company were just ready, and you know, brought and so were Brock Purdy and the boys. So it's to me, I think it's definitely Baltimore who has a longer hangover because of the expectations that have been. Uh, um, generated around Lamar Jackson and what he should have accomplished. And this was his year to do that. And they fell short, um, as most people do around this time of year, to Patrick Mahomes. And that surely will be the toughest part
2: for Baltimore, the toughest pill for them to swallow. It's, it's been alluded to earlier this week is, is yes, it seemingly did have it all lined up in front of them. They had the home championship game. They had all the heroes from yesteryear coming by and it just didn't work out. Surely we'll have more on the big game next week. But do you have some early thoughts on the matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers? And I was surprised, as were Coulter and Brooks they their all-football, the time segment yesterday, they were surprised by the betting line for this game. Were you surprised by that?
1: Uh, you know... I- yeah. Yes and no. I, you know, I I think in three days it's going to change. Um, I think the closer that we get uh, to the actual game and guys come back from injuries and things kind of start to be less visceral in reaction of, of, you know, the afterglow of the game, that the line may change. So um, I'm not going to react now. I'm, I will respond in a week from now. How's that? There we go. There it is. And I think in... NFL going a bit past
2: the Super Bowl, that this is going to be a wild free agency. Looking at the quarterback position, really, where I'm looking at it is the high profile running backs with players like Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, mm-hmm. amongst other these high profile names. Which one do you think? Potentially, either staying with their, the same team they're with now, say, in theory, Austin Eckler re-signs with L.A., so to speak, or maybe Derrick Henry goes someplace else in a perfect world. Do you see one of these players really making a big splash in a new or the same environment? Or do you think if one of these players does so, does that give any juice back to the running back position? Because we've seen where... Players in this position, where they're in their upper 20s, Derrick Henry up over 30 years old, where this running back position has had so much problems, but if guys prove that they can be productive in that spot, do you think that that will shift that market anyways?
1: To me, it's guys like Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley who can line up outside of their running back position. They can line up in the slot. They can you know, run wildcat. Um, to me, when Saquon and Austin Eckler went healthy, they're good they are very good Um, you know Saquon Barkley is 30 to 35 percent of an organization's offense and when funneled through he is very productive and if he can go to a team that has uh, uh, less uh, headaches at quarterback and less sieve like uh, aspects of an offensive line I think Saquon Barkley could do really 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 well in a certain situation just due to his abilities both uh, as a pass catching running back and just as a running back overall Um, I don't think him staying in New York is a good thing. I think that they that right now offensively, New York's a dumpster fire. They just can't get past a certain situation. They're like a bad carbon copy of the Kansas City Chiefs in the realm of wide receivers. They have a bunch of good slot receivers, but slot receivers aren't going to win you many games. Um, and I don't say that as a slight or a disrespect, but you got to have you, you got to have number ones, and right now they've got a lot of number twos and threes. So my answer to a a, a, a long answer to a short question is Saquon Barkley, and then also Eckler. For sure.
2: Last thing on the NFL, then we'll roll into segment three, talk some Grizz hockey here on 102.9. News coming in yesterday, the coaching carousel in the NFL continues to spin. Dan Quinn is in as the coach of the Washington Commanders. And to me, this was a hire where I kind of just rose my eyebrows and went, huh? Because... You just had Juan Rivera in there, a very defensive-minded coach. Dan Quinn, same deal, whether being with Atlanta or just recently was the defensive coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys. And for the bulk of the season, yes, the Cowboys having strong numbers with their defense, but didn't exactly have their last best game, Jordan Love and the Packers, going through them like some Swiss cheese.
1: Yeah, for real.
2: But... To me, this is kind of an interesting move for the commanders going from one defensive coach to another.
1: I think that it's more about Dan Quinn's relatability to the players. There could be something there that uh, you're right. I think that there is a shared mindset in the fact that both of these guys are defensive. But I also think that there's when you look at what he's what he came from and how he has been able to inspire those players to play. And with his former team, I think he brings a a bit more relatability to like a, from like a player personnel perspective. And, uh, um, and I think people not only play with Dan Quinn, but they want to play for Dan Quinn. And I think that therein lies the difference. So we'll see. I just, you know, I wish him all the luck, but, you know, every time the commanders lose, I'm okay with that. So next.
2: And one thing that you can think about it also is obviously the Cowboys and the Commanders also play in the same division so the Commanders also had a front row seat watching how Dan Quinn worked with his defensive players and everything else so I'm sure that played into the decision also.
1: Well you you couple that with the fact that your other two opponents Dan Quinn is is very well uh, uh not- enmeshed and immersed in those worlds in New York and both Philadelphia. So you have a coach that's coming in where half of your schedule, he already knows those other three teams well. So it's almost like, um, it's almost a coup, if you will, you're snatching, you're snatching an egg from another house that knows that house really well and knows how to get back into that house in some ways. And has also been a really good coach against the other two teams in your, in your division. So, um, it's not an eyebrow raiser, like yeah, splashy, sexy signing for a coach, but it is a smart move, uh, especially given half of your schedule is is it has been thwarted by this man in the last couple of years. And as
2: you alluded to with the New York Knicks, sometimes maybe the splashiest move isn't always the best. Root moving on here. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Rajim Seabrook in studio with us. Also got Andrew Houghton producing behind the glass. Moving on to segment three, Grizz Hockey taking on the Montana State Bobcats. We'll hear from players on both sides of the divide after this. Don't go anywhere, ESPN Radio. Hey!
1: It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. The show statewide on SWX Montana
2: Television. ESPN Radio here on a Friday afternoon. Glad you're with us here, taking you up till six o'clock on Western Montana Sports Leader 1029 ESPN, also the ESPN MT app. So well, hello on SWX Montana Statewide TV. You'll be able to catch. Both the Montana State Bobcat and Grizzly hockey teams on SWX Montana on Saturday on the other side of the divide. But tonight, inside the Glacier Ice Rink, the Montana State Bobcats and Grizzlies will also be in action. Montana in their final home game in Missoula, wearing blackout jerseys. 7.30 puck drop tonight, other side of the divide, 7.30 as well. And maybe on Saturday, if you're a fan here in Missoula, you want to catch some Grizz hockey, a good place to do so would be Buffalo Wild Wings right across the street from us here from the Missoula Broadcasting Company on Radio Way. They're right there next to Home Depot on North Reserve. Buffalo Wild Wings, maybe get yourself a bird dog, a hatch green chili smash burger, along with some wings. Oh, baby. Sounds pretty good to me. Proud sponsor of Montana Grizzly Hockey. They stream every Montana Grizzly Hockey game thanks to Buffalo Wild Wings for their continued support. And right now, we'll hear from players on both sides of the divide. From the Bobcats, their leading goal scorer, Zach Lane, along with team captain Reese Phelps. And from Montana, we'll hear from former captain Owen Lee, along with senior forward Connor Orlick, to get you ready. For the Bobcats and Grizzlies, This weekend, Andrew hit that bit. ESPN Radio Missoula, the ESPN MT app, your home for Montana Grizzly hockey this weekend as the Grizzlies wrap up their regular season taking on the rival Bobcats of Montana State. Friday night from the Glacier Ice Rink, Saturday shifting to the other side of the Divide in Haynes Pavilion in Bozeman. The Montana State Bobcats have been one of the strongest teams in the ACHA coming into this weekend with a 30-2 record fresh off a 6-0 start to the 2024 calendar year. Team captain of the Bobcats, Reese Phelps, felt that they were able to get off to a good start in 2024 due to steps they made in 2023. The team, before we uh, had winter break, we all came together as a team and decided that we were going to you know,
3: not take a break and just make sure we were in shape and ready to go for the start of January because we were t- playing against Linenwood. And so that was a big contest for us, and so we came back out really strong, and that was uh, very important to start the season because this part of the season comes uh, very quickly. Then We know it's playoffs and, and then nationals, so that was it was just a great start for us this, this half of the year.
2: Phelps looks forward to the culminating moment of his five-year career as a Bobcat come Saturday in his final home game with MSU.
3: It's absolutely emotional, and it's been a long road after five years of playing with the Bobcats, so it's going to be really awesome to have family and friends watching the final game uh, of the seniors playing uh, this year. Bozeman is is one of the greatest cities I've ever lived in. So that's one thing. It's beautiful. It's 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 wonderful. The people are great. But then the camaraderie on the team is by far the closest and best I've ever had with any hockey team I've ever played on. And so the, there's just that amazing camaraderie in the locker room outside of the rink on the bus no matter where it's at we all get along and we all have a good time and for most kids playing hockey like especially when i was younger that that is not the case there's usually cancers on the team or uh, a big problem coaching with the coaching staff or the organization as a whole but that is not the case here in in, uh, bozeman everything is kind of fine-tuned to win national championship and to grow this organization into something great
2: Phelps and the Bobcats know that they will have to make some adjustments from the last time these two teams got together after Montana got the win over MSU last December. The biggest thing that Phelps believes they'll be looking to clean up is staying out of the sin bin.
3: One of the bigger things is uh, our penalties that we get, because no matter where we go, we happen to get quite a lot of penalties. And so this weekend specifically, especially against the Grizz, to keep our emotions in check and to not do anything hastily on the ice uh, to put us down, which was one of the causing factors of our loss in December, would be a big a big change and a big step towards playoffs and nationals, because if we take these bad penalties, that it can really put us down and it could, it could end our season early.
2: Leading goal scorer Zach Lane will also be wrapping up his time as an MSU Bobcat come Saturday in his final home game in Bozeman. The Southern California native will always look at his time as a Bobcat as his favorite years playing hockey.
4: Well, since I grew up and going to the beach and the warm weather, I kind of wanted to change. Um, when I was about 16, my family rented an RV and we did kind of a road trip around the Pacific Northwest looking at colleges. And my sister and I, who's um, older, she attended Bozeman two years ahead of me. We both just fell in love with it. And the rest is history. Come to MSU, play with all of These great people I've met, play under coach Dave. It's just been an awesome experience, and this has definitely been the best
2: four years of hockey of my life. Having spent time with MSU Hockey since 2019, Lane has seen a lot of leaders come in and out the door. But even in his time as an underclassman, he has taken it upon himself to be a leader on and off the ice.
4: Um, In all honesty, I try not to let it change my mindset. I came as a 18-year-old, and even then I wanted the team to view me as a leader. Um, I obviously want to be a good representation of the team, and so I try not to let it change too much. I do understand the fact that younger kids are looking up to me now, so I just want to carry my, myself in the best possible manner so I can carry on what we represent here at MSU.
2: Lane has gone up against the Montana Grizzlies in each of their first three seasons of the reboot of the program, and he has seen a drastic change in the Grizzlies in that time.
4: I'd say they've definitely, I don't want to say gotten more competitive, but they have more of a confidence to them. Before, we were more of the veteran team, and they were just restarting, and we would go there, and they'd beat tight games, and they happened to beat us the very first game we played in Missoula. But ever since that, in the years past, we beat them by a decent amount. And now, that they are I think, believe this is their third year, that they are as seasoned as we were when we first played them. They've come a long way, and they've had an unbelievable fan base every single time we've been there.
2: On the other side of the divide, the Montana Grizzlies will be looking to send their seniors out on Friday night in style inside of the Glacier Ice Rink. Senior Connor Orlick knows their last win against Montana State surely propelled them with momentum.
5: I think it helped us a lot mentally knowing we've kind of struggled against them in the past a little bit. They kind of had our number, but finally getting one against them. Of course, them being the number one team in our uh, the West region here. So now we know we, we can compete and beat the best. So like it just puts us in a good spot mentally going into playoffs knowing that like any team we come against, we can come
2: out with the win. The senior forward had a unique upbringing in the game of hockey growing up in the state of Oregon, but a current member of the Grizzlies that also resides in Oregon played a big role in joining the Montana Grizzly hockey program.
5: It's not like a huge sport over there. I got into it like through my dad when he was watching the 06 Olympics, and I like said I wanted to, wanted to play, so he signed me up, and we have the like local organization there in uh, Portland with it's a city of like around a million people, but there's only two rinks, it's Pretty slim pickings over there. Like I hadn't actually thought of playing it or in high school at all. I played men's league for a couple of years after, and uh, I grew up playing with one of the d- kids on the team, Ethan Irby. We we're from the same hometown, and he came over here a year before me. So uh, I saw that it looked like a lot of fun. I want to come try, but before that, I really I thought it was it was over for me as in playing like competitively.
2: Orlick may not be the Grizzlies' top goal scorer, but he does everything in his power to make sure that Montana is in the best place they can be as a team.
5: Well, I always wasn't the best skater, so I always kind of had to use my brain instead to think of the game. So I just try to want, or try to be like as difficult to play against as possible and be like in the right positions instead of necessarily using my legs to beat guys. Just try to play smart and play hard and be tough to play against. I think that also shows up on the penalty kill, just trying to stay in the structure and play positionally sound, which makes it difficult for the opposing team's power play.
2: Former captain and senior Owen Lee will also be playing in his final game in the Garden City come Friday night in the Glacier Ice Rink. The British Columbia native knows that this test against Montana State this weekend will surely be a tough one on both sides.
6: They're a competitive group. We know that. We know how skilled they are. We know how skilled we are. And last time we played, it was, you know, that was a great hockey game from both sides. Great job by both goalies. Teams were playing You know, it was a good hockey game. So, you know, these next two games expect more of the same. It's gonna be close either way. We know we're we're gonna come out to do our best. They will do the same, and they don't want to lose on their senior night, neither do we. That's just gonna up the stakes.
2: Transitioning from the Missoula Bruins, Lee has been a part of the Grizzlies since two thousand and twenty one and takes great pride in the steps that the program has made in that time.
6: It's a special feeling to watch it grow and every year see, you know, new players come in that are super skilled and super strong and, you know, add to the core and just watch it develop into this something really special. Feels weird to be stepping away, but I know that as the program grows and as the community shows it more love, it's only going to get better and better. And I'm super excited to see where it is in a few
2: years time. Looking ahead to his final game in Missoula, Lee appreciates the environment that he has been able to be a part of playing in Missoula as a member of the Montana Grizzlies and will always hold a special place for the city of Missoula in his heart. It kind of caught
6: me off guard because when I played for the Bruins, it was, you know, there was a pretty good following and people knew who we were and stuff. And then once the program got rolling and I saw what it was turning into and when I got here what what it is... It's, it's been incredible and it's, you know, I'm hoping to see it grow even more and, I know the people around the community and around the rink have all been awesome, and they've been done a great job to promote us and support us, and you know, put fans in seats and expose fans to the game of hockey. And that's something really special when you get to meet someone and they come over and they say, "This was my first hockey game," and I and I love to be here and watch it. That's something super special, and I you know I don't take for granted. That's you know something you don't get to do for many people.
2: Catch all the action from both sides of the Divide on both Friday and Saturday night here on ESPN Radio Missoula and the ESPN MT app, as well as GrizzHockey.com. Puck drop on both Friday and Saturday night is scheduled for 7.30. Friday from the Glacier Ice Rink and Saturday on the other side of the Divide in Bozeman at Haynes Pavilion. Moving on here in Nwanis now into hour number two. We'll get things kicked off with Carolyn, the chick that doesn't know sports. Here on Western Montana's sports leader, ESPN Radio Missoula.